1: is The Rich Eisen Show. I was stunned. Live from The Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles.
0: We're all paying rent in Patrick Mahomes' world. His accomplishments are second
1: to none. The Rich Eisen Show.
0: And I'm saying that in a world where Tom Brady exists. Look at what Mahomes has done in just six seasons as a starter. Earlier
1: on the show, ESPN NFL analyst Dan Orlovsky, 49ers reporter for The Athletic, David Lombardi. Coming up... Senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer, and now it's Rich Eisen.
2: Or not. Hi everybody, Susie Schuster, <laughs> hey. actually. Hey everybody, hey. How, how are you? Way. How's Hello. it going? How Rich are just you? Rich suddenly grew back a lot of hair. <laughs> hey everybody, Susie here for you because Rich is making his way home with a plastic bag in one hand. He came home from the Super Bowl. And he looked wiped out. He walked in the door about 11.30 on Sunday night after the game. Brock Minerity laughed Yeah, because we, te- we were
3: texting him because, you know, the game obviously goes to overtime. We're like, hey, Rich, what time is your flight home?
2: We were laughing. We were really thinking <laughs> that there's a chance that Rich will have to drive home he's if he misses to the flight. And, and we know there's back. a billion flights back from mm. Vegas, but we're thinking, what if he misses his flight? He gets in. He's like, I'm so tired. The next morning, he wakes up crack of dawn, of course, to go to work. And I looked at him, and I'm like, you're not right. He's like, I'm okay. You know, it's like an airplane where, like, he never has that second cup of coffee at home, <laughs> right? right? He never eats fish at home. I did make fish last night, but everyone's fine, okay? Catfish? Okay. <laughs> Catfish, no.
1: no. Where are we? Uh,
2: meanwhile, Cooper tests, Cooper tests positive uh, for COVID. He goes, do I have to eat the fish? I'm like, no. He goes, let's go. I'm like, this kid is not sick. <laughs> yeah,
1: anyway, long fine. story short, fine. <laughs> Rich wakes up
2: this morning at six, and he's like, I don't feel good. But I got I to go. I'm like, Rich, I'll, I'll go do the show. I'm like, I'll do the show. And sure enough, he goes down here and is throwing up during uh, the first hour of the show. So that's what's happening behind the scenes, people. Are we, so, I mean, are we uh... really going
3: to share it? Thank yeah. God Darrell kind of was long winded <laughs> to start the interview yeah. because I look over and Richard's turned to the side, like just vomiting into his trash can. <laughs> like hitting the mic on and off. Yeah. The reason was why
2: I'm awesome. sharing, or right. may, some people might say oversharing, we're is we're definitely oversharing. They like now. to know what happens. Because people like to know what happens yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. And this is really what happens. This is really what happens. So Sometimes just, you got to go wet hair, don't care. And yeah. you got to just uh, come you down gotta, and.
4: Jump in and save your husband. Let's do it. You know Let's what I mean? do it. Yeah, because I saw him, he kind of looked at me, and you had your head down when he turned. And I'm looking and he looked up at me and I was like, oh, and I'm snapping yeah. at you like let's get yeah. ready
3: to go. Yeah, I was, I was trying to post our first segment on on Twitter <laughs> and then I look up and he's got his head over to the side. I'm and like, so I don't
4: think you could tell what's going on, so I'm snapping at you like I'm let's like, get ready. And okay, I'm
3: I got a question in my head yeah. in case but please keep talking, Dan. Please keep talking, Dan. Right. Please keep yeah. talking, Dan. And Dan gave
2: an extensive, Dan and did luckily, a great job. Dan luckily, understood the assignment. he was fantastic and had so many great things <laughs> yeah. to saying you two can go to youtube and check it out or this will repeat on roku for all of you who are tuning in on roku it'll go on and on listen to dan Orlovsky because he was great you won't watch rich uh throw up so don't worry about that <laughs> now, so if, now rich can if say you want to see something gross you're not going to see it now
4: he can say he's literally done it all like now that he's had that happen there's nothing else he, he has in the so, far, I, so
2: i i did a, i did a football game sick once I to, it was at wake forest and i threw mm-hmm. up in between but then again you're on the sidelines somebody cares what you're saying anyway
3: Wake oh. Forest, so I'm gonna let, let's go Del Tufo here. You remember who was playing? Who were the coaches?
2: Yeah, it was Florida State, Wake Forest, I think. Nice. Who were the coaches? No idea. I don't
3: know. I, well, Albert to Breer, be Bobby or Bobby Bowden. Bobby Bowden and somebody. Yeah. Oh,
2: oh, of course it was Bobby
3: yeah, Bowden. Right? Obviously. Oh, so we got fifty percent. You're like Del Tufo. You got a half right.
2: <laughs> I mean, it, it, did you just compare me to Mike Del Tufo? Am <laughs> he's I not offended? Even, he's not even here today. I mean, come on. Let's did be you honest. Just, Albert Breer, can He's you believe favorite. that they just brought up Mike Del Tuvo and me in the same sentence? I should be offended. <laughs> Sorry. Hi, Sorry, you are, are you back from the gym? What's happening, Albert? You got I the am, towel yeah. on.
5: Yeah, and I was going to apologize to Rich because I this is my like, the first day of off season for me. I got back late last night. And uh yeah, I just got off the Peloton. I'm trying to look at you. stuff ten pounds of you know what in a five pound bag today. <laughs> I was gonna to apologize to Rich and now I feel even worse that it's you hosting and I, I look like this.
2: I, I I'm just happy you got your exercise in. How are you feeling recouping? What are your what are your initial thoughts as you look back at this Super Bowl? What surprised you the most?
5: Um you know, I don't think it surprised me. I, I thought they were two really good teams going into it. Um I think, you know, the biggest takeaway I have, um, I made this decision uh, after the AFC uh, championship game that um, I was retiring from picking against Patrick Mahomes and retirement's treating me well right now, I would say (laughs) Um, it's just, it seems so inevitable, Susie. And I, I think, you know, even though stylistically they're different, there's just, it feels the same as it did with Brady. You know, when you hand the ball back to him at the end of the game, you're asking for it. And you know, I I think the the Niners made the right decision in overtime to kick the field goal when they did, but now you know with the benefit of retrospect, it's like you look at it and it's like, well, <laughs> when you when you give Patrick Mahomes a chance, Patrick Mahomes a chance to win a game in the playoffs, he's almost always going to do it, and it was just you know after they kicked that field goal, that feeling in your gut that it's over, you know, um, it was sort of the same feeling I had when. Um, The Patriots won the toss um, against, against the Falcons in Super Bowl 51. Um, you just knew. You just knew it was over, you know? And um, so, you know, I think we start talking about Mahomes and um, the same thing we have other great athletes. That doesn't mean that his, like, body of work when he's done with his career is going to be what Michael Jordan's is or what Wayne Gretzky's was or what, you know, Tom Brady's was. But... Um, he's certainly on that path, and there are the markings of that sort of career, no doubt. You know, three championships and six years as a star is pretty good.
2: I'm curious about what your thoughts are on um, some of the players for the Niners, seeing that they didn't know the rules for overtime. Would you have ever, if you had been Kyle Shanahan, would yeah. you have ever set up Patrick Mahomes to have an objective to know exactly what he had to do on, when he got the ball back?
5: Yeah. Um. You know, Susie, it's, it's interesting because... I, I think um, one thing that like really kind of strikes me about the really great coaches. Um, I think Andy reads this way. I think Bill Belichick's this way is they really start from the ground floor with their players every year, you know? And um, you know, it, it sort of becomes cliche that you're starting over, you're hitting a reset, but it's the truth. And um, you know, like as complex as what, Andy Reid does on offenses or what as complex as what Bill Belichick does on defense is um all of their players are really masters of the simple they're masters of the rules you know and i think you can even see it with Mike Vrabel's teams with the Titans right like the biggest markings of Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel is how he uses the rules to his advantage you know there was that scene i i don't i don't know if you guys remember it but where Brabel um, used the rules against Belichick to, to run the clock out at the end of a Titans went over the Patriots. Remember that. And it's simple things like that that we don't think of when we think of great coaching, but you know, maybe it's a hurdle that Kyle Shanahan needs to clear now, you know, is that, you know, like some of the simple stuff, when you get so tied up and everything that's complex and, and and all the nuances of your scheme, you know, sometimes you, you, you miss the simple things like the rules and, um, you know, I've always felt like, you know, Bill Belichick's teams were masters of that. Andy Reid's teams are masters of that. And as great as this San Francisco team is and has schematically sound as they've been since Kyle Shanahan's gotten there, um, you know, you really sort of see some of that some simple stuff showing up at the end of of such a big game. And, um yeah, I mean it's it's definitely I think you know uh, going to be a point of emphasis for Kyle Shanahan's Niners going forward. I I, I would uh, I would bet that it would be anyway.
3: Yeah, hey, hey, Albert. Um, just a follow up there. I, I, so much is being debated and discussed about was it the right move to take the ball? Should they have gone on defense first? I guess when you look at it, it's fine to take the ball first, but you absolutely have to score a touchdown. Right. Why do you think they kicked the field goal, knowing that look? Hey, now you're giving Mahomes a chance to know what he has to do. And he gets the full four downs each possession to do it. Like, why didn't they just go for it? You think?
5: Well, let's start with the first part of that, Chris, like what you said, um, where you said, like taking the ball, I I totally get um, Kyle Shanahan's logic, right? Like in the thought that if we match each other, that we get the first crack and sudden death, right? Like that does make sense to me that you would think that way. But I got to tell you, like when I was talking to Chiefs coaches in the locker room after the game to a man, they all said they were surprised with what Kyle did. And the main reason why is exactly what you just said, which is that they made a four down game for Patrick Mahomes. And so, you know, essentially when the Chiefs got the ball back, um, if the Niners scored, they were giving Patrick Mahomes four downs to turn out first downs. And they thought that was really the fatal flaw in Kyle Shanahan's strategy. And sure enough, you get in that fourth and one, right? Like the chiefs might punt that like, yeah. cause if the chiefs, the chiefs are sitting there at the 30 or wherever it was 30, 35, right? If they don't pick up that fourth down, the game's over. Right. Um, in this case, it wasn't even a decision. You had to go for it, obviously, right. you know? So um, I think that that was sort of the, the 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 biggest flaw in the logic. What was the second part of your question there, Chris? Oh, I was just saying, like, should they oh, have, not, keep, should not, they have oh, kicked it at, field at field all? Goal.
3: Yeah, should they have kicked kicking it at all field or field should goal. they just have went for it? Because even if they don't get it, the Chiefs yeah. now have the ball inside the 10, maybe the 7 or 8-yard line, and then mm-hmm. they have to go about 60 yards to get in. I mean, Bucker was making everything, I, I so maybe 50 yards, but still.
5: Yeah, I don't have it offhand in front of me. Was it the, where were they? They were at the 6, I think, right? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I'll look. Just keep. Going. I think they were the six or the seven. Um, I would just say, like, I think first in, or fourth and goal from like the six is much more difficult than fourth and six from the twenty-six. Say right? Yeah. And I, I just think in that spot, with the way that the Chiefs' defense had played and the way that the Chiefs' yeah. defense plays, and those sorts of. Um, yeah, real situations, quick. It was fourth how and good Steve It was, it was fourth and Joel from the nine,
3: uh, Albert. Fourth
5: and four you know, from the nine. From yeah, the nine, Yeah, that's really tough, Chris. But I only, mean, they like, only
3: need to get four uh, yards, huh? It was fourth and four. Oh, was, it,
5: was it fourth and? It was fourth and four. From yeah, the yeah nine. it wasn't fourth and goal. That was, fourth was and way four. off. It. Yeah,
3: fourth and four. Yeah,
5: it's still a condensed area. But yeah, I mean, I could see that. I guess then you're playing the percentages, right? Like, would I rather gamble? That my defense can stop them from going seventy-five yards, right? Right, or you run and the ball, or you run the ball on third and four yards in one play. You run
3: the ball on third and four. McCaffrey was great on that opening drive in overtime, right. and then maybe it's fourth and one, it's fourth and two. And you two. play it
5: like a four-down situation. Right, yeah, exactly. I got you. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, and I and I do think like there were definitely places in that game, Chris, where Kyle Shanahan could have leaned more into the run game. I mean, it clear it looked like they were. They, they, they'd run the ball well. And I, and I know this, like I just talked to Steve Spagnolo after the game, one thing that they did, if you watch, and this is sort of an inside football thing, but early in the game, they were matching personnel. So when the Niners went base, the chiefs went base when mm-hmm. the Niners went into three wide, four wide, the, the chiefs went to nickel and dime. Mm-hmm. Steve Spagnolo made the conscious decision um, there late in the first half to just leave his nickel on the field and rely on his D lineman to win up front, which I think that's part of the reason why the Niners at the end of the game were able to run the ball a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, So that would be, you know, I think a point for the idea of running the ball. And then, you know, again, like how tired the chiefs, you know, defensive front must've been by the end of the game. Um and, and, and Spags even said to me that they were a little worn down and then, you know, you add how, how how well McCaffrey ran it on that last possession. I think you certainly say the right thing to do would have been to play that like a four-down situation. Yeah,
3: especially when uh, Kyle Kyle decided midway th- or early uh, third quarter to go for it on fourth and three at
5: the Chiefs 15. Right. You know, if he – Right, now, and he that, actually like flat-out said after the game, like maybe he wouldn't have done that if it wasn't Mahomes on the other side, right? Right,
3: so you follow that line of thinking when you take it to overtime yeah. knowing that it's going to take a touchdown – to beat these guys in overtime yeah i just thought maybe go for it again and if they if you don't get it force them hey, to go
5: yeah hey chris how about we simplify this don't give the go don't, don't, g- don't give the ball back to the ball him by, exactly
2: yeah don't give the ball <laughs> you know back to him
3: like you know he's on the
5: other sideline
3: anyway i mean that's what it like, felt
2: like albert breer it really felt like the old days when we would watch brady get the ball back and we saw it yep. obviously in regulation but in, in the old days, we'd be like, oh, you idiots. You're giving the ball back to Tom with it's a over. minute and a half. Right. I mean, like, why, what are you thinking? And that's why they should have Dan Campbelled it and like, you know, go for the touchdown. like, go for it rather than kick because then it, you're at least putting yourself in a position right. to succeed. It, it's almost like the old time, like cartoons where like, you know, you know, they they, they set it up and then the doors open.
5: Well, if you want to it another if you want to take it to another level. I think we would have all understood Dan Campbell's decision-making a lot more in the NFC Championship game if it was Patrick Mahomes on the other side, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I do think, and that's honestly, like Susie, why I think that's the flaw in analytics. There are so many elemental things that go into this, right? There are so many little pieces. Like, I made this argument with Rich a couple weeks ago. Like, it's an art and science thing to me, right? Like, there's the science, which is the numbers, and then there's the art of it, which is understanding everything. How's your defensive line feeling? How's your offensive line feeling? How's your quarterback playing? How's the other team's quarterback playing? All of those things, how's the weather, you know? Like, what what do you see when you look in your quarterback's eyes? I'm like, all of those little things go into these decisions. And I I certainly think, like, you know, you, given the situation, given the history, given who Patrick Mahomes is and has been, um, you know, like he's Brady in that way. Like when everything's going like this, like everything's shaky and moving up and down, he's like that, right? That's the guy you don't give the ball back to.
2: Albert Breer joining us here on the Rich Eisen show, Susie Schuster, in for Rich Eisen. What about Chris Jones? What's going to happen with him as we look ahead?
5: I get the feeling, just having talked to him the last few weeks, that he he wants to be back in Kansas City next year. Now how possible is that? I don't know. I mean, I, you know, he's gonna, you know, he's got like a, a freeway to the free agent market now if he wants to take it. So he will be a free agent um if he, you know, wants to be one. And, you know, the Chiefs, obviously, the numbers on Patrick Mahomes and his contract are what they are. And the Chiefs are gonna have to pay some of these guys coming up. You know, Legarius needs a free agent too. What do they do about him? they've got this great crop of second year players. All those guys are going to be eligible for new contracts after next year. You know, what do you do about Travis Kelsey? Do you feel like you need to add another weapon to the offense? Because maybe Travis Kelsey is a year closer to being a more ordinary player, not the superhero that he's been uh, for the last decade or so. So these are all things that you really have to think about Susie. And, um, you know, I, I think you sit down with Chris Jones and you say, "We want you to finish your career as a chief, and we want to do something that's going to work for everybody." And I, I just think the problem with that is, you had time to pay him, and the way most players would approach that is, well, I just took on two years of additional injury risk, my contract year, and then you know the year I, the, the, my my contract year, and um, and you know like. Well, is it? No, he wasn't on the tag last year. I'm trying to think now. No, he wasn't on the tag. So you you took on the extra year of con of, of, of injury risk, um, you know, coming into this year without a new contract in, and, um, and they're going to say, well, you know, you should have come to me with this a year ago. Um, and things did get a little more content, get, get a little contentious last year. So, um, you know, I think it's going to have to be sitting down and leveling with the guy and, and trying to find a way to get something done. I, I know this um, the way he and his agent played this, worked out perfectly. Um, He winds up hitting almost all of his incentives. Um, He's still a great player. Um, And he's still enormously, enormously valuable to that defense. That defense isn't the same without Chris Jones. So he certainly has leverage here. And it'll be interesting to see how he chooses to use it because he was certainly willing to use leverage last year.
2: No doubt. Will this Super Bowl put to rest the arguments about Brock Purdy and his worthiness? Um.
5: I, for some people no, cause he lost the game for me. Yes. Um, I, I don't, I mean, if we're talking about, is he a top 10, 15 starting quarterback in the league? I think that's settled. If we're talking about, is he worth 55 or $60 million a year? That might be a little bit of a different argument. Um, but let me ask you this, Susie, would you look at him differently if he was drafted 20th overall?
2: I think 100% the whole thing is that people don't like people who come in in last place. Actually, Albert, it's what I talked about last week on What the Football, because I'd spent a lot of time on the phone with Kurt Warner the night before. And we were Mm -hmm. saying the exact same thing in this conversation, that people loved Kurt because he was not drafted, and because he was the underdog, go see the movie. But people don't like the fact that he came in last. And it was as we yeah. look at the Brady draft and where he was drafted, it was a low draft pick, but it wasn't dead last. And I honestly think that people don't like what they consider to be losers because he came in last. What do you think?
5: Yeah, I think it's – yeah, I mean, I think it takes forever for these guys to live down their draft position. I mean, mm-hmm. people still looked at – and this is easy to forget. People still looked at Tom Brady as a game manager and what? Chris, you can help me out on this one. You're a Patriots fan. what? Fourteen, fifteen, right, or oh five, oh four, oh five, somewhere oh, I mean, in there.
3: Yeah, for sure. Nobody looked at Brady differently until 7 and right. he had already had three Super Bowls and was basically a Hall of Famer.
5: Yeah, I mean, I I don't know, like Susie, you 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 followed it right, like 04, 5, like there were still a lot of questions, like oh well, he's great, but he's not Peyton Manning. Yeah. Well, why exactly. were people saying that? People were saying that because Brady was a sixth round pick and Peyton Manning was the number one overall pick. You know.
2: All, it, of, it, all of New England went into mourning when Drew Bledsoe got hurt. I mean, you would have yeah. thought that the world had ended, uh, something collided into Foxborough. Yeah, yeah
5: I mean, and, and that's, and and I I think, like, if you watch Brock Purdy play, if you actually just watch him and you compare him against other quarterbacks in their second year, right? Like, I certainly think in the Super Bowl, he was as good as Jalen Hurts was a year ago. And we were all talking about how great Jalen Hurts was, right? Now, they're di- again, they're different stylistically, but... I mean the other big difference between the two of them is one was a second round pick and the other one was a seventh round pick, you know. And I just think we hold on to those things for so long. It's the, it's the reverse of why we look at former first round picks who wash out and we keep saying, "Well, are we sure there's not there?" It's why those guys keep getting second chances. You know what I mean? It's why if you're the 10th pick in the draft and you flame out somewhere in your fourth year and your fifth year, someone else is going to try to mine your talent, right? Um, it's the reverse of that. It's people don't want to accept like what you are as a player because people were wrong about you when you were drafted. Um, you know, I had, I, 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 you know, that, that conversation I had with Spagnolo after the game, Susie on his own, he said, Brock Purdy is really good. When he was referencing why he changed what he was doing in the middle of the game. And they came off of playing so much zone and they went almost exclusively to playing man coverage. It was like Purdy was identifying what we were doing and ripping apart our zones and they, we could not stay in that defense because of who Brock Purdy was as a player. So we had to put more in our corners and play more man, man defense and, you know, wound up working out for them, but they were adjusting to what Purdy was doing, mm-hmm. you know, not the other way around. And so yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I can still remember this summer and this summer I had a, I had a conversation with a, a close friend of Kyle Shanahan's who coaches for another team now. And he was like, you know how much Kyle loves Purdy loves Brock. Right. And I was like, I was like, yeah, no, he's like, no, no, no. You realize how much he loves him. I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, I can tell by the way he's calling plays for him, how much he loves him. And then I asked Kyle about that a few days later. And he was like, yeah, definitely. I call plays differently for him. So it's not people in the sport that are saying these things. It's people on the outside who like to simplify these things too much. And I think that's why there's a lot of people who woke up Monday morning saying, well, one team has Patrick Mahomes and one team has Brock Purdy. And it's true that Brock Purdy is not Patrick Mahomes. But these aren't all black and white arguments, you know. We're talking about the best player in the sport. That doesn't because he lost to the best player in the sport doesn't mean Brock Purdy can't be the 5th or 8th or 10th best quarterback in the league. It's not that it's not black and white. Yes or no. There are shades of gray here. And I think Brock Purdy has a chance to be a damn good quarterback based on everything that I know.
2: But Albert Breer, do you think that already is
5: one actually already is one.
2: Do you think that Shanahan then called plays to make Brock Purdy look good with his arm rather than run the ball, maybe more efficiently in the game?
5: I think Steve Spagnuolo has a way of influencing teams to abandon the run with his run blitzes, with his fronts, with the different looks he gives you. I think if you look at the Baltimore game, he did the same thing. And that's the most run heavy team in the league, right? I think Baltimore. And again, you have to look this up. <laughs> I feel like I'm totally unprepared. I keep telling you guys, to look things up. Um, I think Baltimore ran the ball at 16, 18 times in that game. That's so unlike the Ravens. And it's not like that was a blowout. Like that was at worst a 10 point game. I think the biggest deficit, the Ravens were, were in, in that game with 10 points. And yet, like a Ravens team that relies on Lamar Jackson in that running game, I think had half the amount of rushing attempts that they had the week before against Houston. Well, what changed? Were we saying that, you know, John Harbaugh and Todd Monk bend in the run? I didn't hear it as loud. I think it's more about the genius of Steve Spagnuolo and what he's able to do to influence you to do something you don't want to do. And, you know, I think more than anything else, it's Kyle probably trying to take what the chiefs were giving him. And, you know, if you look at it again, lots of nickel fronts in the second half and lots of man coverage and lots of corners on islands and, you know, at least on paper, what an offensive coach is going to do in that situation is throw the ball. So I think in a lot of ways, the way Spagnolo played it um, in running run blitzes in playing nickel fronts and putting his corners on islands was influencing Kyle to throw the ball. And obviously Kyle and the Niners did throw the ball in those situations.
2: Albert, before we let you go, uh, what should the bears do at quarterback? As we look ahead now to the combine ahead and then the draft.
5: I think what they probably should do is what they probably will do, which is trade Justin fields and go and get Caleb Williams. Uh, Justin's a, I think Justin's a good quarterback. Um, I think you have to do things to accommodate him. Um, and I think a lot of it is how fast he sees it, you know, um, and that means you have to play a little bit of a different brand of football to accommodate him. He's an incredible athlete. He is really, really smart. He's a good leader. He's tough. He's got all these traits. He's got a big arm. You know, he does have natural accuracy, but that question that was there when he was coming out is lingering now. It's like, how fast does he see the field? And that's why you see him holding the ball in a lot of these situations. And so there I think there's a there's a limit with how far he can go. And there are accommodations you have to make for him. I think Caleb Williams, if he is what a lot of people think he is, you have to take him. Um he, you know, I've heard scouts, you know, say to me, like, you know, like like that, Trevor Lawrence. Andrew Locke, Peyton Manning, John Elway tier of prospect doesn't mean he's going to become that, but that tier of prospect, Caleb Williams is on that tier. And, you know, I, I've talked to Cliff Kingsbury about it. Who's coached both guys who said the, you know, the, 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 the similarities between the two are eerie. Um, there, there's a lot that ties the two together. Now you do have to investigate all this stuff about who he is as a person and his personality and all of that different stuff. But everybody at the U S in the USC program seems to love him. And you get to hit reset on that rookie contract uh, for your quarterback clock. Um, You add all of it up. And this seems like it's a relatively academic decision for the, for the bears. You know, you go and you see what you can get for Justin Fields. You hold on to the number one pick. And then at the end of April, you draft Caleb Williams there.
2: Right. We know that Tomlin likes fields. We know that already. But what do you think are the landing spots for him?
5: I think like the landing spots for him um, are probably sitting there right in the middle of the first round, right? So it's the teams that need quarterbacks that might not quite be in the range to get one and maybe don't have the appetite for giving up the amount of draft picks it would take to go and get one in the top three. I think right now the Bears, the Commanders, and the Patriots – can get a ransom for those three picks. You know, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Caleb One, Drake May, Jaden Daniels in whatever order you have them. Um I think after that, like from most of the people I've talked to, depending on what you think of JJ McCarthy, there's there's a drop off. And so I think for Justin it probably be his sweet spot probably be one of those teams that are picking right there in the middle of the first round. And um that might be just out of range for going and getting one. So I think Vegas is a little bit higher than that, but they're sort of in that range. Um, I don't know if they'd get out, go and get him because they have his old offensive coordinator from Chicago, Luke Atlanta Atlanta's one that at least on paper makes some sense naturally. I do like Pittsburgh. You know, Arthur Smith's very creative in what he does with his quarterbacks. And I think the way you look at it, Susie, it's sort of like Baker Mayfield last year, right? Like Baker Mayfield in in a certain way, washed out of Cleveland because of circumstances. I think Justin Fields is washing out of Chicago because of circumstances, because his team wasn't the worst team in the the league, but because of a trade happens to have the number one overall pick. And at least for next year, he's relatively cheap. So I think he could be a good get for somebody sitting there in the middle of the first round. I'm not saying they're going to trade their first rounder for him. I think he probably takes some combination of a, a day two pick and a day three pick, but those teams that are sitting in the middle of the first round that might not be in position to get one of the top three could go and get them.
2: Albert, thank you for your time. Don't forget to stretch, go hit the showers. We really appreciate it.
5: All right. Thanks guys. I'll try to bring my research with me next time. Sorry about cold the plunge, hey,
2: hey, cold plunge. Don't, don't be ridiculous. Unprepared. I mean, I got wet hair. I back just, him, I just so turned we're, we're, we're all all into my to, own
5: research department we're all
2: jumping <laughs> in. and by the way, like he doesn't do anything anyway. So Albert, like I'm make him do you. something I'm during send the you show. An invoice buddy. All By the right, way, I it, it's a big, fat invoice, too. He see owes it, me for it. the weekend. See you, pal. All
5: right. Have a great day, guys. Thanks <laughs> again.
2: <laughs> hey, uh, say hi to your mother for me. Hey. Say
4: hi to Yeah. Peloton. Look
2: at him. Like I say, Peloton. Though, how about that? A home gym for home Albert gym. Greer. Yeah, yeah, Greer. SI is treating him well. Ooh.
4: Came in towel around his neck like Balboa. I was like, I mean, let's go. You know? He's
2: killing it. It's fantastic. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. Um, one
4: thing I got to disagree with Albert about, though, he said Purdy played as well as Jalen Hurts in last year's Super Bowl. Got to push back on that a little bit. Jalen Hurts was incredible last year. Four total touchdowns, 300 yards passing. Didn't win the game. But... Uh,
2: you're not. You're not wrong. Yeah. And at the same time, what quarterback in recent NFL history has gone into a Super Bowl with so many people doubting his ability? I mean, can you think of somebody lately, sure. Chris, no. where people are so? No. I mean, the game manager, which by well, the way, I think last time dated- I checked. What's wrong with managing a game? Yeah. Isn't that kind of what you should do as the quarterback? And I know I think we, we got, got
4: to get rid of that term because, because yeah. there's no solid, there's no definitive definition of what that means. You ask five people, they're going to give you five different answers. So yeah. it's kind of a stupid thing now to even argue about. And I know it. we got to get the break, but
3: uh, Brock Purdy may the most polarizing quarterback we've had. And In in quite some time. So it was nice to see him play well. Just just not well enough.
2: Yeah, good thing we have another 30 minutes to discuss it. Hey, see you on the other side of the break. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Susie Schuster in for Rich Eisen.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
6: Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal.
0: that you're you're most proud of or something that you you love? Oh, it's...
7: uh, I've got a bunch of things that I love, but the one that I would have to say is the the coolest, simply because it's not... um, Because I was a baseball player, so baseball stuff means a lot to me. Um, One year, a girlfriend of mine said, if you could have anything for Christmas this year, what would it be? Mm -hmm. And I said, an autographed baseball glove from Brooks Robinson. Because Brooks was from Arkansas. He grew up in Little Rock, North Little Rock. And, uh... Uh, I just loved him, you know, when he played with the Orioles, and uh, so I thought that's never going to happen. <laughs> but if I could have anything, that's what it would be. And she chased him down. She got all the publicists and everybody else on the case. And Christmas morning, I opened it up, and there was an autograph book, uh, uh, Brooks Robinson glove, and it said, uh, uh, "And of course, you know, the glove from him—that's the thing, because sure. it was Fielding, you know." And it said, "From a huge fan, Brooks Robinson." I'm like, "Brooks Robinson knows who I am." I'm done. This, this <laughs> is, this is all fine. Did you ever put on the Brooks Robinson glove? Like, literally, put your hand in oh, it. Oh, I, I put it on, but boy, do I protect it. It's. I, I finally put it in plexiglass because it's, you know, the name might rub off. You know. Yeah, you don't want to. do But boy, with that. that's a, that's a real dandy thing. Uh, McGuire also gave me a bat right after he broke it. You know. Oh. Right after he broke the uh, the maris. No, no, after he broke I his bat. He, gra- he grounded out to third. But-
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you should say it was home run number 67. Home but run it,
7: 62. It w- but it was that year. Okay. It was that year. And uh, yeah, he, he grounded out to third against the Dodgers, and he gave me the bat. And his batting glove, which had dirt all over it and everything, so I've got that. And uh, yeah, I got some good stuff o- over the years. <laughs>
2: Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show radio network. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. granger has got the right product for you. Call, clickranger.com or just stop by. Hi, everybody. Susie Schuster in for Rich, who uh, went home early, is what we're going to call this. He, uh... He's going to take a couple of days on the IR. I think. I think I'll be back with you tomorrow. I think we'll have somebody else in on Thursday and Friday, unless I just strung somebody, uh, lock him in the basement, maybe a little (laughs) bit more food poisoning for somebody. Hey man, I was bored. I had a lot of things to say, and I couldn't just wait for what the football, which I am taping right (laughs) after this show with Amy Trask, with the great Jim Nance. By the way, the great Jim Nance will be our guest today because I said to Rich yesterday, maybe I'll just try Jim Nance. He's like, good luck.
3: And then Nance hit you right back. Yeah, of course. Amazing. Because I nobody hate- says no to her. That's amazing, dude.
2: I was a booker coming out of college. What like I, I, and I hate it when people say no. And I learned from the great Barbara Walters. Mm-hmm. Who made oh, all of her own cooking <laughs>
6: Hey, uh,
2: Listen, so Barbara Wawa told Barbara Wawa. me if you want something done, do it yourself. And so I did. Wow. So I hit up wow, I hit up Jim Nance. I've got the calling. Amy Trask rescued me because I left my bottle of wine at home. Hey. So Amy Trask, of course, sourced another bottle that we can crack open with the great Jim Nance. We You're will gonna tape drink that. wine this afternoon? Yeah, what's your problem? Why not? I, I might have to just stay after. By the way, this bottle of wine <laughs> is wicked awesome. It is fantastic. <laughs> and by the way, yeah, we're, I do just drink with you. you know, going says, drink on the set with Amy Trask. With <laughs> Trask. The still yeah, yeah, here. I'll, I'll be here in you the up tomorrow. Oh, yeah. You want a mimosa? Oh, yeah. mimosa I'll mimosa with days. you. mimosa
4: in 24 yet. Richard
2: has a headache. Why not make it worse? right? It is
4: Valentine's Day tomorrow. Oh, and I'm
2: spending it with my guy. Hey, I like this. I mean, gym dance today. You guys tomorrow, people are going to Uh, talk 844-204 rich guys you got time to call in and unload your thoughts on the super bowl because you know that i like taking calls so with that in mind uh chris in virginia did not like the super bowl why taylor was only (laughs) on for 54 seconds so why didn't you like it
8: uh there was no tempo to it Uh, actually it it was penalties this side offside uh, really didn't get rolling until the third quarter, but uh, That's true. I, I've seen better. I've seen better. So, uh, and second, I wanted to let you know that uh, you are definitely, it should have best wife in
4: front there. Oh, yeah. Ever. She's got her own sign somewhere. You know, my, for I,
2: hey, you know, Chris, it's so funny. He sent me a text. He's like, come down early. And then radio silence. So I texted Brockman. I'm like, is, is he okay? He's like, yeah, not so much. No. I was like, yeah, definitely not. I <laughs> drove I drove like one of those like old fashioned Chris, like it was like a. c we're in Los Angeles, so you've seen so many movies that are shot on the four mm-hmm. oh five. I did yeah. some I did some beautiful driving to get down here. I just want you to know that. So Chris, um this whole best dad ever. Yeah, it is Valentine's Day. Out. I don't know where the sign is. It's gotta be
4: down there Where's somewhere. Where's the sign? Probably look in the drawer there. I know. Chris, I don't don't um, need Wait, Chris, be positive. What did you
3: like about the Super Bowl?
8: Uh, oh boy, that's a tough <laughs> one here. Uh, trying to explain the, uh, the neons to people who haven't seen football before, how so many, uh, it didn't, it didn't have that pattern. And sometimes I think maybe the extra week brings that on. Uh, being, playing some ball, I like to play week to week. I don't know if that adds to it. Uh, but it's, it's, it's good to look that up and check that out. I think maybe more competitive ball. I know guys have injuries. The extra week is helpful, but, uh, you know, as I say, uh, I've seen better. I've seen better, but, uh, but thank you very much guys. Uh, you know, you keep me through, just got through, uh, heart surgery and, uh, okay. I love the show and I uh, hope Rich feels better and Susie A. Hey, uh, is there any more out there like you,
2: <laughs> Chris? Are you shopping? Is that what you're trying to <laughs> tell me the day before Valentine's Day? We hope. Hey, Chris, thank you for calling in, and we're yeah, so glad be that well, we can brother. be appreciate with you, you. you as you recover from heart surgery. Stay we're healthy, thinking Chris. about you. Be healthy. I be thank like- you
8: very much, guys. Be like
2: Albert Breer. Get on a bike. Come on, we, get- we need to. We need to keep you healthy so you can keep listening to the show, Chris. Thanks again. I really appreciate your call in. I understand
3: what Chris is saying. It was a very slow game. Look, zero zero first quarter. Uh, missed chances by both teams, Mm -hmm. turnovers. Um, First half was not great. And then it kind of got going, you know, midway through the third quarter. It kind of ramped up. I mean, it was 10-3, 10-6 there for a while. And then you're like, okay, Chiefs get a turnover, punch it in. And then it kind of went back and forth all the way through overtime. So it definitely was slow, slow starting.
2: Right, it was. But by the fourth quarter. We were like, we don't want this game to end. No. Yeah. And by I, the fourth quarter, we all were in the same room and we were yeah, psyched. And yeah. then by overtime, we we're like, can we have two? This is fantastic. And and I literally looked at my friend Jeff and said, I don't want this game to ever end.
3: I was I was kind of nervous. My heart was kind of pumping. And I, I I'm not a fan of either team. I don't really I didn't really care who won. Um, but
2: man, I was like, whew, I was kind of
3: anxious for you both sides. Maybe yeah, why the is. game was just like.
2: So exciting. I wanted to keep going. I remember you saying specifically, I don't have a horse in this race, and my heart is thumping. Yeah, my heart is thumping. Yeah. It was just, like, so tense. You yeah. know, both sides, tense
3: moments. See fourth downs, guys going for it, uh, big-time moments. That's kind of what you want in the Super Bowl uh, final game of the year. Two great teams, a lot of great players on the field, legacies, dynasties at stake. So, yeah, it kind of lived up to it. Kind of forgot about the slow start, uh, and it was all about the finish.
2: It was all about the artichoke dip is really what it was. I mean, <laughs> well, Sarah's, out, Sarah's Sarah, Sarah is great. Yeah, Sarah Tiana is, uh, killing
3: it in the kitchen, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. Her food game is a top notch.
2: We had, a, we had a little taste test at the house, right? We did We did three different pizzerias. Lot, I mean, come we had on. a
3: lot going on. I was uh, whew, still kind of feeling the...
2: Was it heartburn or were you nervous about the game? It was a
3: little bit. I think it was a combination of the both. Right. And then uh, yeah, I had to sweat it out at the gym yesterday. I'm like, Albert, I
2: got to get back on the bike. You got to go <laughs> back on the bike. Whew. You guys, I mean, all of you in Vegas were just, uh, I think you were enjoying the nightlife a little bit and and perhaps saw the early morning not, hours
3: not, in not, Las Vegas. Not, not a lot of sleep. No. Um, a lot of time at the tables.
2: Let's take a break. Uh, let's take a break and then let's review exactly what Chris Brockman did in Las Vegas. Inquiring minds want to know. Let's take a break. When we come back, more calls. This is The Rich Eisen Show.
0: Well, I mean, and that's why I'm wondering why you would go by the name of Matty Ice, Matt. That's why I'm wondering. I mean, that's a beer-infused nickname, and it, it, it doesn't it fit anymore. So. Would you agree it doesn't fit anymore, Matt?
4: Are you, is the natural coming back, or are we making a push for the natural here?
0: No, I'm, 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 well, I'm pointing out that certain nickname. That you've had for a long time, just, just it. I like beer. Uh, just okay, right. Out there, I do like beer. Right. So when it comes to it, though, you just you're not you're not slamming them back, right? Is what you're uh, saying? No, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm drinking responsibly. Okay, something that would be. Uh, a natural light of some sort man. are you What are you drinking What are you drinking It's been a long time See You keep making my point Why won't you take the natural from me Matt? Why you, Just why won't you Just why won't you do it I mean how many times Do I have to ask How many times uh, Do I have to ask
1: uh, There's just Nobody else wants it <laughs> Um.
0: Are you aware I offered it to Stafford, your buddy? You Is aware? that right? Yes. He didn't I did. take it either. Well, I mean, he... That's a no, Matt. Um, <laughs> hold on a minute. Excuse me. Hold on. he I, I gave him full disclosure that it was a retread and that you had rejected it. Because <laughs> I know you guys talk. I know you yes. guys you guys are tight, right? He forgot to mention it to me the last time I saw him. I can't believe that wasn't top of mind for him. Okay, so just just uh, on behalf of all my loved ones who are cringing right now, just tell me to move on, Matt, and I'll move on. Just tell me to move on.
4: Rich, you got to move on. You got to move on. I love you, but you got to move on.
0: Thank you, Matt. Thank you so <laughs> much. Oof. Even if I gave you a T-shirt or anything? <laughs> <laughs> all,
9: right.
0: all right, Matt, I can take a hint after nine years or so.
2: And we're back to wrap up this edition of The Rich Eisen Show. Susie Schuster, late edition in for Rich. Uh, Last call for phone calls because you know I love to take those calls. Let's go right away to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, you were in Washington and you're a Chiefs fan. Tell me about what you loved about this game besides the fact that, I don't know, you have a destiny, right? Uh, A dynasty right here.
10: Oh, it was awesome. Um, I I tell you what, being in Washington and a Kansas City Chiefs fan, uh, I hear all the Seattle people all day long. But <laughs> other than that, it was, it was a phenomenal Super Bowl. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I mean, dynasty, you know, I'm, uh, it's, it's great. Destiny uh, I, I dynasty, telling, same
2: I, thing. I mean, look, uh-huh. you guys are, you guys are set up to win here. Do you think it's a three Pete? What do you think?
10: Oh, definitely. As long as we keep everybody, um, I uh, I was telling the other guy I was like, you know, while I was watching the game, uh, Rasheed Rice is wide open in the fourth quarter, right over the middle, and that would have been the game right there. There was so many times where we could have ended the game, and it was just like being a Chiefs fan, your heart's like just pounding uh, in your chest. <laughs> but it was it was it was awesome. It was awesome, and, and I also called in because. Uh, a first-time caller. I've never called in before. Hey, thanks for and, calling in. Yeah, and, you know, I, I feel you guys have so much more fun when you're at the desk. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh-oh.
10: Right. Easy there. So, I mean, you know, it, it, it's awesome. I, I I just feel like a, a different genre when, you get, when you're there.
2: I really, really appreciate that. That's so nice of you to call in. Call in more often. We'd love to hear from you.
10: All right. Thanks a lot. Oh, hey, real quick, can I ask TJ something?
2: Yes, of course. Do
10: it. What up, Jay? TJ, TJ, what is up with Davian holding on to that, that? That suitcase, man. When is he gonna turn it in?
4: Bro, right, like there's been so many times where I'm like, this guy's gonna cash this in, but here's the bottom yeah, he's line. He's
10: almost he's almost lost his credibility. He, I mean
4: they you cannot know? and for for their radio listeners, they, we're talking about WWE, uh Damian Priest holds a money in a bank, which you see right above my head here, which means right. the the person who holds this in wrestling can cash it in for a world title match whenever they want. And the thing is like, they can't allow this man not to have a successful cash in, or it's just going to exactly. ruin. It's like, exactly. what's the point?
10: I mean, it's, it's so, been like, a, yeah, it's been, it's been for for me to being a big WWE fan. Also, oh man, you're like, you're. It's almost like a, a, a sore wound. It's like, what again? Right.
4: You know? But the thing is, it's very exciting. They're at an exciting time right now. You know, we had we had Seth Rollins on. The Rock is back. Roman Cody. You know, what, what is Priest going to do? I'm really looking forward to all this leading up to WrestleMania, man. It's it, it's absolutely, a good time. Absolutely.
10: But, hey, I just want to say go Chiefs. Uh, I love it, man. Uh, and uh, I hope you guys, uh, you know, um, uh, <laughs> I, I can't wait for the next season to come. You know?
2: Of course. Well, it's already started. Yeah, We've got absolutely. a new season right ahead of us. Jeremiah, thanks again for your call. Thanks brother. Thanks thanks Susan. Yeah, look guys, we're going to be talking
3: about the three-peat all off-season and all throughout mm-hmm. next season. So, I went on to, I went on the Pro Football Reference and I looked at all the teams that went back-to-back, what they did the following year in their attempt for a three-peat. I looked at it, here it is, guys. The 68 Packers went 6-7 and one missed the playoffs. 74 Dolphins went 11 and 3, lost in the division round. 76 Steelers Went 10-4, lost in the conference championship game. The 80 Steelers, 9-7, missed the playoffs. The 1999ers went 14-2. They were unbelievable that year. Lost to the Giants, remember, in the conference championship game that led to wide right. Sorry, Mike. 94 Cowboys, sorry, TJ, 12-4, and lost to the 49ers, who then blasted the Chargers in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. conference championship. 99 Broncos went 6-10. and That was the worst of the bunch. Missed the playoffs And the 05 Patriots went 10-6 and, and lost in the divisional round.
2: Well, speaking of the Patriots, Josh in Kansas doesn't think that his Chiefs are going to win as much as, as the Patriots did. So oh. why do you think so?
9: Well, first off, Susie, I'm a Raiders fan. That's why. Shout out to you, TJ, and Chris.
2: What up, Josh? I just
9: want to make the point that the league is so competitive. Another thing, TJ, you might agree with me on this. There is so many comparisons, I just thought about it, with the Chiefs and the Cowboys if you look at it, both going into that seventh season, I just don't think they're going to do it. I think number 12 is going to stay scot-free. I think the script is over. I think the Raiders are coming to play. And I think the whole AFC West is coming to play, the whole NFL. Sorry, I just... (laughs) Who's your quarterback for the Raiders next year? (laughs) There, buddy. Oh, man, you know what? Aiden ain't the guy, but I hope it's either McCarthy. I've seen something about McCarthy. Um, I'd take Fields, man. I I think, I honestly think... Our head coach is is amazing, bro. This, that culture's back. We're ready. I hope. I'm praying.
2: Guy, when <laughs> I think of JJ McCarthy, I just don't. It's so funny. He just seems so not Raiders culture. Do you know what I mean? He's so shiny and squeaky clean and all that. And I think the of the Raiders, and I think of like a, a mean gritty. Car, car was maybe as well. Maybe that's though, right? why Garoppolo didn't work, huh? Car was the yeah, same though, right? Yeah. Michigan, no.
4: though.
9: Harbaugh's back, man. NC West is going to be competitive. There ain't there ain't this whole. Thing over and over with the Chiefs. You know, I, I think you guys are all awesome. Uh, I appreciate all of you guys. I hope Rich gets the better, gets the feeling better. And I'm out for this time. I'd like to call more often. Do it. This is just my first call. Yeah, oh, Josh, who's stopping man?
2: Next time I'll say, Josh, the Raiders fan, and I'll get it right. <laughs> so oh, fantastic. hey, yo, and TJ.
4: Yeah, my man.
9: Hey, one's up. Roman's retaining.
4: Acknowledge me. <laughs> <laughs> one's up. He's guys. definitely He's retaining. Roman Reigns. Come on, come yeah, on let's come go. On He's going to break Hulk Hogan's record. Then after that, all bets are off. But yeah, I agree with you, Josh.
2: Hey, Josh, thanks again for your time. TJ, have you you seen the script for the next season? Do you know what's going to happen? Well,
4: it's not finalized yet. Uh, But um, like I said, man, I had it all year. And, you know, when it played out, it was pretty. There was a few things are a little off, but was pretty much on what an amazing uh, bit that that just like, that, we, that we kept going that was so funny table I mean,
2: read coming up for the next season i love it you
4: know I, and, and, and people think it wasn't real it's a real script it, yeah. it, it is a real script it is a script <laughs> <laughs> but also i want to say this because you know susie there's a thing on social media where they say girls say like what's your roman empire what's the thing that you constantly think of all the time and i never thought i had one until just now 1994 if Jerry and Jimmy don't have their blow up and Jimmy Johnson doesn't get fired, the Cowboys are going to win four Super Bowls in a row. And I'm going to take that to the grave. There's no way anyone could tell me that they would. If Dion gets called for the holding on earth, we beat the Chargers. And, his we, we, you know, four Super Bowls <laughs> in a row. I can't stop thinking about what it. What is
2: in your coffee cup? Oh, hey, Susie, great tea. job Has filling Let's
4: do it again tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks. We're going to
2: be back here tomorrow, kids. See you in the morning.